0: Welcome back, friends. It is August of 2023. You're tuned into Solutions Watch here on The Corbett Report. And as usual, Solutions Watch is tailored towards certain audiences. Not every solution will work for every person out there. Not everything is something that's applicable to you in your particular situation and context. And today is no different. So if you happen to be one of those people who watch The Corbett Report by getting a friend who has an electronic device to watch it for you and then tell you about what I'm talking about, then this probably isn't for you. But if you are one of those people who has some sort of device through which you interact with the world, consume the Corbett Report, comment on the internet, etc., then you're probably going to be interested in today's conversation because today we're going to be talking about technology. And as we all know, there are many, 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 many problems with the technology that we are given, handed, that in fact we actually pay these corporations for, that surveil us and send information about us uh, to uh, governments and businesses and, and elsewhere, and that otherwise control our lives in ways more than we control it. But this is Solutions Watch, so we're going to talk about the answers to those problems of technology and things that we can do to actually make technology work for us rather than the other way around. And in order to do that, I have a special guest for you today. His name is Ramiro Romani, and he is the founder of Take Back Our Tech at takebackourtech.org. Uh, and let me just read the, uh, the, uh, the, the bio here so that I don't miss anything. Um, Ramiro Romani is a technologist, activist, educator, and entrepreneur who dropped his software engineering career work on meaningful social movements. Now he's a core member of the Freedom Cell Network and a co-producer of The Greater Reset. He's helped uh, grow both of these uh, websites and movements to tens of thousands of people while protecting members' privacy. In 2021, he launched Take Back Our Tech, takebackourtech.org, an educational initiative that creates free guides and videos showing people how to use friendly privacy-focused technologies across all their devices. Without any further ado, uh, ado, let's bring him on. Ramiro Romani, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, James, for that awesome introduction. I'm um, Super happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you here on a topic that, as I say, uh, jokingly there at the beginning, is going to be relevant to every single person out there who is obviously uh, getting this content through some sort of device that may or may not be privacy respecting may or may not be based on open source uh, uh, software and may or may not be uh, part of the problem essentially, so uh, I know this is a very very important topic and one that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about, but before we get into your ideas about taking back our tech let 's just let 's just find out a little bit more about you. Um, who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you interested in this topic? Why would you leave? A, 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 a fruitful corporate career in order to start working on social movements. So what, what is it that motivates you here?
1: Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, my name is Ramiro. I'm a person of this earth. I feel like I belong in all the places and, and all my travels. I, I feel a kindred spirits to, to everyone that's out there. And really, I've spent a lot of my time on the Internet. That's where a lot of my personality has developed. And um, if you've ever worked a regular job for a corporation, you know that there's like something missing. Even though there are a lot of smart people working on challenging problems, it always feels like, hey, are we really cutting to the core of the issue here? And so that's the problem I had as working as a software engineer for companies that were in the big tech space or smaller startups. I've kind of had my uh, fill of building web and mobile applications. And I've also done adjacent things like running a creative agency. So I think developing a lot of the skills along the way, it really was time to take those skills and put them to work. And of course, the pandemic was the perfect, the pandemic was the perfect catalyst to get me to think about uh, things like that. And so you, uh, you and your audience know all about Derek Bros and Freedom Soul Network, and that's actually who I was working with in 2019. I was getting paid an electronic cryptocurrency to uh, maintain an older version of the Freedom Cells website. And at that time, um, you know what happened the next year, and I was like, okay, if there's any time to make a leap, this is the time. And so when I got involved and put my effort into helping out the Freedom Cell Network, the next year, it just completely transformed into a group with over uh, 20,000 people at the time, right? So uh, I began to realize the power of the internet. Um, throughout that time, we held the conference and that you've spoken at uh, several times, James, the, the Greater Reset. And uh, then I got to see people literally moving across the physical plane for a thing that really started in the digital space. So, wow, this is the power of the internet. And I kind of took that ethos and, and tried to implement it as much as I can in these, uh, these ecosystems. You know, there's things like the Agora on the Freedom Cell Network, which is a way anyone can go ahead and buy and sell something and actually put it on the map, or the Greater Reset Activation Hubs, which was a place where anyone could host a watch party to watch the live stream. And really, um, although these stories happen quietly, I know because I'm in touch with these people, it really did change lives. People who didn't know each other, let's say in a state in the United States, found each other through this um, through this centralized you know, this movement and uh, are now working together. So that's really what it's all about for me.
0: Well, that's, I, I think, the emphasis that we need to put on here. And I think even that story speaks to the idea of technology as a tool for communication and for finding others and for bringing them together in the real world as well, which I think is an important part of what technology can be used as a tool for. Unfortunately, it can also be used as a tool of mental enslavement. It can be used as a way to placate people, um, keep them apart, and keep them uh, locked into digital virtual spaces. And I know there will be a lot of people in the audience who will obviously be more inclined towards thinking of technology in those ways for obvious reasons, so, what uh, what is the founding philosophy of Take Back Our Tech? Why should we be bothering to engage with this technology rather than simply to reject it and live like Luddites?
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. We have this um, this subset of our audiences and just the community that kind of always says this to us. You mentioned uh, earlier at the beginning of the video that they would watch the Corvette report and have it uh, told to them by a friend, which I thought was funny because that's the oldest form of communication. Um, you know, oral communication. So uh, kudos to them for for being consistent with that. And I, I, I've analyzed this a lot over the past few days. I think that people don't necessarily have a problem with, with technology. And we'll get into the definition of technology. I think they have a problem with specific technologies and how they used. And because modern technology, especially the Internet, it's so complex and, and built on top of each other. It's really hard to distinguish, and it makes it easy to throw all of it out, right? Because it's all just evil, and it's all just being used to control us. So um, there's this bias that's being used against all technology, technologies, but the real key is, is just understanding what technologies are at play. And then maybe you get to pick the functions and relationship that is better for you. And that's exactly what Take Backer Tech is, educating yourself on how this technology actually works, So you can make a more informed decision and more informed consent about maybe what data you want to give and how you want to use the technology.
0: You know, you raise a really interesting question there and one that, yes, we probably should start with the definition. What is technology?
1: So, yeah, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. So if you look on the about page of the Take Backer Tech website, um, this is something i came up in 2021 i wrote that i believe technology is an extension of human consciousness so don't 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 freak out for a second i don't mean in the transhumanistic way where we analyze people's brain people's brainwaves with AI but in the sense that technology are really just man-made tools are meant to meant to extend our human power and so what i mean is you know whenever you read a book from uh, your favorite author you're experiencing a stream of consciousness and it's like you know, you're you're with the author at that point in time, and you, you really know them um, through the medium of the writing. So the author doesn't have to be present or even alive. That's the power of technology, and one of the oldest technologies, the printing press, and before that, the written word, and um, and it changed in, in those times. It also changed the world completely, much like it's do- much like the internet is doing today. So uh, I, although I didn't know it when I first wrote that, that idea closely aligned with Marshall McLuhan's work, who was a famous communications theorist from the 20th century. And he had written a classic book, uh, The Media is the Message. And he was, um, you know, he was doing this thing back in the 1960s, but he had predicted the advent of the internet and how it would change society. And that was really key to his work, as he predicted how, well, he was talking about how when a new technology is released and adopted, it also has a mirror reflection of back on society right so um, his definition of technology is extensions of our own bodies and minds They're very similar and they build upon or adapt their physical qualities to the environment right um, and so you're not you don't actually it would be uh, it would be very irrational and uncomfortable to live without technology Marshall he uses examples like clothing wheels stirrups tools or furniture yet, you know, I don't think we're going to protest chairs. I quite like I quite like a comfortable sitting position. Right. So under this general definition, most everything that is is man-made is a technology, a crowbar or a lever makes it easier to move things. Um, and so. The, the really important part is, is once you start re- using a technology, it completely changes your own understanding of yourself and what you're capable of. And James, I was watching your TEDx talk from uh, 2014 the other day, and I thought you uh, came upon exactly the same phenomena. Oh, my God, with the Internet. Now I'm uh, ever present in uh, every place in the world and I can gain knowledge of that. Right. So it changes uh, it changes the world and how we accommodate the technology. Going back to a car analogy, um, when cars became a thing, they were accepted. Now we have to make parking spaces for them. We have to have roads. Um, The Internet, now that it's a thing, it's phasing out newspapers. It's phasing out books because it's just uh, just that powerful. It's a little bit more instant. And so new technology is transforming our environment constantly. It opens up new possibilities, and it also deprecates old ones which is something to watch out for, depending on what the new technology is. But the important part is, technology can't do this on its own. It requires the interaction between the users and the developers, and it also has to be accepted. That's the key part here. Uh, It has to be accepted and integrated into society. And um, so the majority of us don't want to give up chairs or cars. I think we can all say that. But there's a vocal minority that we need to give up digital technology which they tell us that over the internet because there's no better way to reach us. So um you know that's the first thing I think we could talk about like all technology is not made equal.
0: Yes, absolutely. So so what are the problems that do arise in the digital technology sphere and what kinds of things are you working on?
1: Yeah, so I so there's there's so many things coming at once and there's uh, there's essentially four freedoms that uh, technology has allowed, but then also uh, there are powers that well you know we all know these organizations that are also very scared of us having these freedoms. So those are the the freedom to uh, travel, the freedom to exchange, which has been you know bolstered by things like cryptocurrency, the freedom of speech, and the freedom of privacy. And these four things make it really easy to interact in a way um, that is in alignment, right? That is uh, voluntary with what you would like. And uh, now you see um, pretty much a law in uh, most Western countries that are, that are coming after these exact freedoms. And also you're seeing the biggest companies um, being targeted by these laws. Usually if you look at things like the Ernic Act or the, child, uh, the new child safety law in the UK, you'll see clauses that talk specifically about Companies that have more than one million users. So I think that is done purposely. It almost has like a um, a natural. It's almost like the the. <laughs> um, it's almost like the simulation itself is um, making it so it is forcing us to leave these bigger platforms and into smaller decentralized community-based groups. So. Throughout things we've seen over the past few years, we've seen technology being used to try and track and trace uh, every single one of our movements. COVID nineteen was a perfect example of this, and um, an article I'm working on talks specifically about contact tracing. Which, um, if people didn't know, uh, most phones have the ability—well, have um, have the ability through Google and Apple for them to install an app on your phone and actually activate it. And they did that um, in mass. Um, to over mil- to millions of people at once, so just that just goes to show the power they have over this technology. But it's also um, it, it's also they also want to give off the impression that they are more powerful than uh, that they, than they'll have you believe, which is uh, it's only through your consent or your choice, right? You go you go into the market, you're choosing between two different types of phones, two different types of laptops. There's always a third silent option. And luckily, the market share of you know technologies like Linux and degoogled phones are growing, right? So um, the I guess the main point is you, you don't have, you you need to realize how much power you have between you and other people, and also technology as a um, as again a tool, an extension of your abilities. Um, they're multiplied by the force of technology. Um, a few days ago, the UN released one of their new uh, new efforts. Where they actually have uh, teams, or they have workshops for people to—they're um, uh, essentially fact checkers—and they're putting phones in the hands of teenagers and teaching them photojournalism and how to blog, so that they can counter any um, any any ideas that go against the narrative on social media. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you that one, the UN understands the importance of technology and media, and they're doing what they want to uh, push their vision forward. Now, what does it really say when you know we are um, we see technology and we are throwing it out? Um, we're not going to use it. Uh, it may it may actually it doesn't change anything for you personally, right? You're you're cutting yourself off. You're you're doing your own thing, which I completely support your right to live a life free with technology. That's absolutely your right. But it doesn't also change anything for anyone else to a greater degree. And, and that's the, um, you know, that's the thing I, I want to talk about here. It's like ignoring it is not going to make it go away. It's not going to make these people stop their plans, um, understanding it, working with it, changing it, which you have the you absolutely have the possibility to change it. That is the way you can make it better for everyone.
0: All right, well, then let's get into some specifics to give people ideas of what it is, the types of problems you're working on. And one that has already reared its head a couple of times in our conversation today is the issue of privacy versus surveillance. And we know that, of course, a lot of our communications are being surveilled in a number of ways. What can people do to start taking privacy back into their own hands in the digital communication space?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I have a good example I'll use just because I'm working on a series around this, but it's it's going back to uh, the freedom to travel. Actually, this is interesting. This tidbit I was saving for uh, this interview. You might remember during the height of the pandemic when you would look on Google Maps and it would give you uh, friendly little tips like, "Oh, this business uh, this business enforces masks," or "This business enforces the vaccines." Because thank you, we need that we need that reminder in every little facet of our day. Um, But there was this interesting thing where um, I looked at some of the reviews for these businesses, specifically New York, and I saw that they were actually being removed in real time. And then Google had an update to its policies where it would ban the accounts, complaining, um, complaining about businesses enforcing public health measures at their stores. Now, it didn't work the opposite way. I talked to other business owners who uh, were not enforcing it, and they would also get bad reviews for, you know, the exact opposite thing for not doing it, uh, which wouldn't be about, you know, which wouldn't be about the products at the store or anything like that. It was simply about those policies. So it was a one-sided application of these uh, these rules from Google. Now, let's look at an existing technology. So Google Maps, I just, uh, we, we really like how when Google Maps first started out, we really liked how it made things really easy to find, um, how you do not have to figure out how to navigate to places, right? That's that, that should be our thought process. This is what we really like about it. And what we don't like about it is so we don't like how the point of interest data is owned by uh, just Google itself. There's not really any way to dig into that data. It's not shared with anyone. Um, the um, how to edit that data is really one-sided, Um we don't like how it creates the historical geo, uh, geolocation history for us through programs like Hemisphere, and um, and that can be searched by law enforcement, right? We don't like how we get fed into that system simply by using a convenient tool. Lastly, we don't like how the map prioritizes corporations like fast food, um, you know, name the biggest, the biggest chain stores, which probably pay for promotion and are also in line with an agenda that you know doesn't serve me and probably not you either. And so all of these reasons are a reason why, hey, we should get rid of this thing, but hey, there is one useful thing that it does. So in an ideal world, we would have a map that can do what Google Maps can do and where we can decentralize the ownership of this point of interest data and keep it private if we wish, or share it with the people we choose from, uh, where map and navigation search can be done offline and not, so you're not added to any secret databases, and where we can decide what is shown on the map and what is prioritized, right? This is going back and flipping the script. This is contributing to technology. In this case, you're contributing data, and you're also serving as a distribution for the points on the map. So imagine if you made a a little map of all the organic food stores in town, and eating healthy, you know, that's just just a principle to, to living right, and you could spread this map. Uh, among your community and you could drive business to these business owners or farmers market who probably tremendously they they need it they need the business right so it's creating this network effect you guys know where to go to get fresh food they are getting a whole bunch of customers and now this is creating an ecosystem where you can tag businesses based on whether they support cash whether they support free speech whether they're not enforcing masks Right. Because they care about our health and the right, our own personal right to bodily autonomy. It's exactly how you can flip technology on its head to get what you want. And um, so what is the app you can use to do that? Well, OpenStreetMaps. And I'm going to be doing a whole series on OpenStreetMaps and also how to um, collaboratively work on maps that you can share with, with people and also on the Internet and also take to your phone. So if you want to check that out, check out TakeBackOurTech.org. And, um, yeah, I can show you some stuff on the phone, too.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say, of course, take to their phone. You mean like their iPhone or their Android phone? What what kind of phone are you talking about?
1: Yes, so their de-Googled phone, of course. And so um, with...
0: Let's bring this up on screen.
1: With everything I, I like to do, there is an um, activist or edu- educational aspect of it. And, uh, James, can you see my screen there? I
0: can see your screen now. I can't see your camera, but if that's uh... okay that's
1: that's all good (laughs) that's interesting um so this is a the open street maps app and we're using it on the above phone so above phone is the commercial side of of what i do it's what uh keeps our educational initiative going and it's also a lot of research and development into the best open source technology out there which leads into a unified experience where you can get pretty much everything you need like all the replacements you would expect from a normal phone So if you want to learn more about this, you can go to abovephone.com or learn.abovephone.com where I have all the webinars that go into the details. Today, we're just going to go over the surface and talk about this map. So you notice that I have some points labeled on the map. And um, this was I was in Albuquerque the other week for the Tesla Tech Conference, which is another set of technologies that I would much rather like to have in my life, like, um, like free energy, and also um, a different uh, different modalities that that uh, speed up the healing of the body. And in here, you can see that there are places. Now, this is um, I actually imported this from another um, another phone, so it has that weird uh, that weird string of characters there. But this is a restaurant in Albuquerque that I really like. Sorry for the minimal example, but there's a few points on the map here, right? And I can take this GPX file, I can export it. Um, I can share it with other people and now we can have a collective map. Now this can be used in combinations with um, other mapping tools to create a uh, collaborative map online. And then you can have a a live map that anyone can edit at any time and you just have to pull it off to your phone. Now the coolest part about this is when you select a point on this map and you navigate uh, navigate to it, that all happens offline. It's using a more rudimentary uh, nearest neighbor algorithm to get you to your, um, you know, to get you to the right point on the map. It doesn't account for traffic and all that. It doesn't account for construction. Sometimes your trip may take longer, but still it's a, um, it's a solution that checks off all the boxes that we were talking about.
0: That is awesome. Um, but now I'm intrigued by the above phone because I'm sure a lot of people in the audience have probably heard of it, but they don't know much about it and they didn't know you were involved with it. Tell, tell us about the above phone.
1: Sure. So. When we, well, when we were developing the Greater Reset, actually, that that production, um, I started working with a lot of volunteers, and we were looking for a way we could privately work with each other. Like, um, we were really, uh, at that time, a lot of weird things were happening. Um, The Greater Reset website started getting uh, DDoSed, and um, I was literally staying up, like, 4 a.m. the night before, trying to fix it. Um, Scammers were coming into our Telegram groups. Google uh, deliseled us off of the search engine. So I became extra cautious about what information we were sharing about our operations. And so we decided uh, to embark on figuring out what technologies we need to work in the private. And that ended up culminating into the above phone about six months later. So the above phone is a de-Googled phone. It's using open source technology, um, essentially taking the Android operating system and stripping all the Google connections out of it. And it's important for it was important for us to verify this. So that's one of the first things we did. We um, we looked at the network connections that were being sent off the device and we compared it with a normal phone. And it's uh, really crazy how a typical Android phone will make um, thousands of connections when you turn it on. And then through independent studies, you know, I was able to cite this. This is all on Take Back or Tech. We have an article called Who Can We Call On? Where we look at the independent studies that were done in uh, Dublin, Ireland. That looked at other handsets and what happens across iOS and Android. So we were able to see some of that same behavior for ourselves. And um, so we realized this is the way to do it. This is if there is a if if you want to use a phone, this is absolutely the way to do it. And we were still able to retain a lot of the freedom. Now, the above phone, I'll actually bring it back up on screen. So it combines it's, it's multiple layers of technology, right? There's, there's the operating system, which will um, typically, it'll report a lot of unique identifiers to Google, but also in more recent research, um, there is a partnership between Google and the manufacturers of the phone. So Samsung um, will also get some of this personal telemetry, and these are very unique uh, identifiers to you, things like the, uh, the unique de- device identifier, um, the, uh, the hardware identifiers, the system on a chip identifiers, all of these are being sent off to big tech companies. And also, um, in the case of these manufacturers, they're also making deals with, um, big tech partners on their phone. So Facebook, if you've ever had the Facebook app on your phone and you couldn't uninstall it, that's why, because there's a special partnership where these apps get special permissions, uh, privileged permissions that they can see things that Typically, apps on the phone are not allowed to see. So on this phone, there is no app like that with all those privileges. Um, There's no God mode app seeing everything that you're doing over the phone, creating logs and sending those off. And there's documentation on what network requests are actually being sent off. Now, that's just the operating system level. There's also the apps that are uh, happening on the phone. So there's a few different solutions for that. I should have loaded this up earlier I'm gonna this is gonna give me a new session excellent so this is Aurora store so you know you not only need to have the phone um, you also need to uh, have a new place to download apps so this is important um, because this is an app made by our friend Rahul. He developed Aurora store. This is the only way to download apps off of the official Google Play store without a Google account, right? It uses a, a pool of anonymous Google accounts. And you can see there's some cool features letting you see the analytics, advertisings, uh, and trackers within this. And So this is just proprietary code. It's hidden code, uh, typically within all of the apps you're getting from your app store. On uh, Google, there's an average of uh, five separate trackers per application, an average of five. That's potentially up to five separate companies getting, um, you know, taking analysis of the things that you're doing in the app. So you get to make an informed consent of where you want to download an app. I just use this one as an example just to show you, hey, you can actually get all of these, uh, you know, uh, high fat, high sodium apps on your phone. If you want, you have the freedom to choose. I support you in doing that. Just know it's probably not best for your digital help. What is best for your digital help would be to use something like f which uh, maybe that you, uh, maybe your audience has heard about it before, but every app on this store or this, uh, this repository, I should say, has standards. Um, every line of code should be audible and it should be under a license that allows people to share it, modify it, and redistribute it with that same license, right? Providing and passing the freedoms onwards. So there's a lot of uh, awesome stuff in here. You can see there's there's a, there's a compass, um, there's mail apps, there's cryptocurrency apps, you name it, it's probably on FDroid. And that is exactly what our task was to find and replace all of these dirty big tech apps that we rely on and find free and open source versions of those. So I'll give you another example. Let's find the Corvette report on um, YouTube. This is YouTube, but it's a better way to watch YouTube. It's called NewPipe. So this is one of the pirate channels. And um, what I really like about this is, we won't let this play too long, but I just wanna show you one example, is you can play this in the background. So I locked my phone. And you can see that it's playing in the background, which is not a feature that you could actually do on the official YouTube app that you get. So already you can see through the power of open source technology, you are surpassing what you can do on a normal phone. And that's what I want really, uh, I want people to take this away, right? When you decide to learn about the technology you're working with and contribute in this sense, you know, in this case, um, maybe contributing to the new pipe developers, telling them about bugs that exist in their application or supporting them monetarily, you get something better than the status quo. And that would be the most important thing to understand.
0: Wow, technology. All right. Um, excellent. Well, of course, I would, I would assume people would not be getting an above phone so that they could download Google Apps and what have you. But <laughs> the point is there. Yes, it's your freedom to do what you want on this, and there are ways of doing it, and uh, that's an incredibly important part of this because I think fundamentally, yes, I think that's the theme we keep returning returning to here: freedom, your freedom to choose what to do with your technology rather than your being confined by the technology itself or the stipulations that corporations put on that technology so i think um i i I think i'm getting the point of what's going on here um but just uh before we go i I know you're working on a million things what are some of the other educational uh initiatives you're working on or other uh programs or devices or anything else that you're developing
1: absolutely so there's um, one of the things that we're trying to, to start the conversation around is, is literally health and, and technology and how that fits in together. I've done um, I've done talks for uh, the World Council of Health where I talk about how damage, damaging the OLED screens from our phones can be, right? So it's just conversations that phone manufacturers don't bother to bring up because they're scared of liability or, you know, potentially we can speculate about malicious intentions of why they're Promoting and pushing technologies like LED and getting that into every lighting system in the home But uh, the more important part is again figuring out uh, are there actually harmful effects from radiation and now it's been Proven that there are harmful effects from radiation So I have this interview on takebackrtech.org about the dangers of uh, EMR and uh, interview with a, a certified electromagnetic radiation safety expert and then also on the commercial side This is, um, you know, we have to promote safe ways to use our technology if we are going to use it, especially uh, especially children, um, because they're more vulnerable to this. So we have Ethernet adapters um, that we uh, sell along with these phones, and that's the way we encourage people to use them. I also didn't get to share this, but we have an Internet phone number. We have a whole suite of software services that we run along with the phone. So we're talking email, calendar, search engine. VPN, which protects your internet traffic, um, and uh, also this internet phone number, right? So this internet phone number will allow you to take a phone call um, through uh, Ethernet wire. So that's without any radiation at all, and we've tested this with EMR meters um, to see that there's negligible radiation coming off, right? So it's these uh, finer points that I think are important for us to explore. That's like that's like people have. Um, and all these different industries i looked around it this is what i was feeling when i was working for corporations that we can do things better the status the bar is so low and um so that's what we're trying to do with above phone so if you're interested in that um, please check us out and um, we're also working on our own linux laptop so this is kind of following the same concept i understand that uh, not everyone has times to become a systems engineer with linux so why don't we do uh, the hard work and get a system to you that's fully configured out of the box with a lot of uh, reasonable defaults. So we realized that recently the team, we're, we're essentially trying to create an integrated experience using decentralized technology. And guess what? It is possible. Um, and we can make maintenance easy. Uh, we can follow the best security practices. So those are our suite of products. We've got Above Suite, which is um, a subscription that you can get uh, every year, you can get that with or without the phone. And then we have um, our above book coming out very soon. So if you want to stay in tune with all that, you can sign up to our mailing list on abovephone.com or also on takebackertech.org. All of those mailing lists are combined together. We, um, we don't really send out that many emails. So you won't be overwhelmed, I promise. And um, I just want to, I just want to end with one uh, idea I had about a uh, McLuhan, um, so his theory was actually, he was seeing this with the advent of TV, everything at once, at the same time, that was the power of TV, to get the message in every home at the same time. And of course, he predicted that that would happen with the internet. So what McLuhan was saying was that um, this is a re-tribalization of the world, and since that we are, um, he you know, we are becoming one of same thought and same mind. Um, he wasn't 100% wrong, but I also disagree with him. I think that the internet has provided us more freedom than we could ever possibly imagine. And now as I've seen the evolution of, you know, the alternative thinking, uh, Truther, or freedom movement, whatever you would call it, now there are so many different areas where you can choose to spend your time in and choose to have differences. Um, I'm always, I'm one to believe that everyone has a blind spot. No one has the absolute truth. So I think um, I disagree with him in that, the internet has really uh, been, been a way to develop your own personality and to find the things you're interested in. And um, yeah, with that, it gives me so much hope to use to use technology as a tool for the future because I know we are going to need to um, combine forces. I know we're going to need to share knowledge and skills wherever we're at. We want, we're going to need to stay informed in what's happening in other parts of the world because this, um, this simulation that is playing out, we're all involved in it. So it's, it's um, we just need to take care of each other. And hey, James, we're on opposite sides of the world. You know, we're having this open discussion. That's what it's all about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, to be fair to McLuhan, I think the 1960s television technology was that form of electronic tribalization where everyone would be beholden to the three channels or two channels or whatever it is that existed in a given market but now obviously now we have uh, the ability to connect with almost anybody at a- almost any time and perhaps we're fi- uh, there's a tribalization in a sense we're finding our tribes rather than being parts thrust into some giant gigantic overwhelming tribe we are finding our tribes and people that we can connect with regardless of where they happen to be living on this planet, I i think there's some very important details here. I'm um, obviously so, so, so much more to get into in terms of specifics, but I think this is a good conversation to at least introduce people to your work and what it is that you're doing. And I hope people will start to check out some of that work. Obviously, we've talked about take back our tech at takebackourtech.org, above phone at abovephone.com. Any other resources you'd like people to direct people to, or uh, will that do it for today?
1: Yes, I would always encourage people to check out the Freedom Cell Network, freedomcells.org, and also uh, thegreaterreset.org. We're having our conference, uh, our, our fifth conference, uh, manifestation happening in uh, January next year in Morelia, Mexico. And, and James, we would love to have you out as well.
0: All right. Well, I think we're going to leave the conversation here for today. As I say, I'm, there's a lot more to talk about. I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. Ramiro Romani thank you for your time today.
1: It's my pleasure, James. Thanks for having me.